And welcome, everybody, to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint, and it's... I don't know if I can take another summer of, of COVID. COVID is in the news again. If you turn on the TV, every single national newscast this morning, a network news broadcast led with COVID and this, uh, this Delta strain, which is evidently, we're told anyway, more deadly, more contagious. And I don't mean to marginalize uh, any deaths from COVID, but I mean, these people who are trying to push the panic button all the time, trying to scare us, you know, the, the the figures just don't add up. The fatality figures, and I'll focus just on L.A. County to start, because I, mean, I guess cases are rising here in New York as well on Long Island, and especially here in the Capital District of New York State. I guess we have the highest increase, uh, or highest rate of increase in the state. But we'll focus on L.A. County, which is, the, the numbers are absurd. They're telling us how deadly this is. If you want to make an argument for the new mask mandate, which is coming, I guess it's already in place in Los Angeles County. All right, fine. They want to have a mask mandate for that county. That's that's great. But I mean, this Delta variant is not more lethal and it doesn't make you sicker. So we're back to the same masks that Fauci told us uh, that do next to nothing when it comes to curbing the spread of COVID. I mean, let's face it. I, I don't know what the... Uh, the efficacy rate of the of the masks are, but I think it's like 5% or 3% minimal protection. So we're going to go back to the masks. There they are in Los Angeles County. You know something? I wouldn't doubt it if we have the same deal here in New York State in the fall. I think I've read something or heard something to that effect that school children in the fall will have to wear masks here in New York State. But don't quote me on that. I'll find out. I'll, I'll investigate that further. But Fauci admitted as much. Masks, you know, don't do all that much when it comes to curbing. He said initially in his emails. Now, I just want to focus on the on the uh, this deadly Delta strain. We're told how deadly it is. I, I quoted some numbers last week. I think there were 54,000 cases and 44 deaths last week. Now, that's a 0.8% fatality rate. That's not more deadly. In Los Angeles County, nine people have died of COVID over the weekend. Nine out of a county with a population of more than 10 million. I, I feel sorry for the families of those, and I feel sorry for the nine who passed away. But as of July 18th, two days ago, only four new deaths have been reported. Again, Los Angeles County has more than 10 million people. All of the people who died were unvaccinated. As Walensky, the uh, director of the CDC, told us over the weekend, this pandemic is largely the, uh, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Well, no kidding. It always has been. If you get the vaccine, even if you contract COVID, you're going to be uh, less likely to die. And it, it offers you some measure of protection against the, the more serious side effects of it. But this messaging is we're getting it all over again. New mask mandates. And L.A. County is not alone. It, it, it's not alone. You know, I don't know who it was. It was uh, Pete Buttigieg, who was the Secretary of Transportation. On airplanes, which have really never been a source of super spread ever, passengers still have got to wear masks. Is it grounded in, in science? Oh, well, no. According to Buttigieg, it's out of respect. Respect? This whole business is nonsense. It's meant to keep us on edge. Now to New York, I, I read, or I think Channel 13, News Channel 13 said today the capital region of New York State is, the uh, infection rate is higher here, the percentage, 
than anywhere in the state. More than a thousand New Yorkers tested positive for corona for the second straight day over the weekend as the state experiences its highest daily virus spikes since May. All right, that's not good news. Some 1,142 New Yorkers tested positive for corona on Saturday. 1,156 tested positive for the virus on Friday, the highest tallies since May 21st. On Long Island, the number of new uh, positive cases was 99 in Nassau, down slightly from Friday. There were 80 new virus cases in Suffolk on Saturday, up from 75 the day before. And two people died of COVID in New York, according to the governor's office. So, you know... The positivity rate on Long Island, 1.47% as of Saturday, up a little bit from Friday. I'm not going to get into all these numbers, but I mean, they're creeping up slightly. It's the middle of summer, not quite the middle yet. And, uh, I, you know, some people are pushing the panic button. Now, here in New York, in the government, in the assembly, I work for the assembly, as most of you know, uh, the Democrats still have, are not back to full strength. They're taking two or three people at a time manning an office. Now, we've been back at full strength since the beginning of May. Not them. They work two or three at a time. Two or three come in Tuesday and Thursday. The other two, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and they alternate like we did. At the DMV, if you try, I'm trying to register a vehicle at the Department of Motor Vehicles. They're still closed. You have, you have to make an appointment in Fort Edward. But you just can't drop in there. You have to, you have to make an appointment. And mo- a lot of the offices are closed. The satellite offices are still closed. It's like, what's going on? The rest of the, the world has been open since uh, well, for, for months. And there are a lot of businesses that closed during the pandemic. I want to get to this. This is a Wall Street Journal headline from a couple of days ago. Many jobs lost in pandemic to be eliminated permanently. Job openings are at a record high. So, you know, that leaves one with the impression that employers are hiring like crazy. But a lot of businesses that laid off workers during the pandemic are already predicting they will need fewer employees in the future. Why? Well, as with past economic shocks, the pandemic-induced recession was a catalyst for employers to invest in automation and to implement other changes designed to curb uh, hiring. In other words, cut, cut down on costs. If people are in business, to make money. And if they can find ways to increase their bottom line, they're going to do that. And that's what's happening in businesses all across the country. From hotels to aerospace to restaurants, businesses have reviewed their operations and they've discovered ways to save on labor costs for the long term. Now, a lot, as you know, a lot of people are are not entering the workforce because they're being paid more to stay home. The federal government and state governments are paying them to not go to work. And there are all kinds of jobs. I think I want to say 1.8 million available jobs that have yet to be filled because people who could fill those jobs are not going back to work, thanks to the government or governments. It's, it's absolutely insane. Nobody talks about the national debt anymore. I, I heard it was $25 trillion and, and counting, $22 trillion when President Trump left office. And now with Biden, I mean, the sky's the limit. One more COVID case, and this I meant to get to last week and didn't get to it, but 58 Democratic members of the Texas House of Representatives bolted the state uh, Monday. They were blocking a a voting reform bill. They fled to D.C., where they're more comfortable anyway, and they were going to rally to support passage of the For the People Act, which is not anything for the people. It's for the Democrat Party. 
and three of them contracted COVID. So they, they this is, you couldn't make this up. They fly to DC. They wanted to prevent the Republicans from getting a, getting a quorum. So they couldn't have a vote on the, uh, on some of these voting reforms, which passed in Texas anyway. They're going to, they passed in a number of red states. And so what we saw in 2020 is not going to happen again in 2024. Because what the Republicans did, basically, as I pointed out in a column recently on the BMG network, it's up there under the PAC perspective, is Republicans are trying to make it more difficult for Democrats to cheat. They're not trying to prevent black people or brown people from voting. They want to prevent from happening what happened in November of 2020. But anyway, these these Democrats, 58 of them fled the state of Texas for D.C., and three of them contracted COVID. So uh, this, I, I love what the Republicans are doing, not just in Texas, but in some of these other states, Arizona, and I think in Wisconsin, too. Republicans are trying to decrease the potential of fraud through these mail-in ballots. They got to do something because it's absolutely insane what, what went on in 2020. Let's see here. What else? We're going to skip around here. We got a couple of minutes. Uh, this is the uh, the Pac-Man podcast. I'm Ted Flint. If you want to listen to our fine shows, we they're up there on the BMG network at our website and uh, all kinds of good programming there. The Ken Burns Show, uh, Mic'd Up with Mike Hansen, the Ken and Mike Show, which they do live on Facebook. I guess they have a YouTube uh, channel as well. Uh, Adrian Ross with her fine show is up there. She's the newest edition and Set Apart with Kristen Kuhn. So all those shows are up on the BMG network. And if you want to contact me directly, in case I forget before the end of the show, it's pacman at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. The FBI is receiving criticism for a tweet it posted a week or so ago, July 11th, that suggests Americans should monitor family members and peers for signs of mobilization to violence and report suspicious behaviors in an effort to prevent extremist activities. Now, does this include Muslim extremists or BLM terrorists? Antifa thugs? Or does it rather speak to just white male Republicans who support life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the Second Amendment, limited government, personal liberty? I think that's what Biden's getting at. That's what his administration. Those are the people. Uh, we're the people. The people who love the country, who, who, who love uh, the Second Amendment, who love our freedoms. We're the ones who are now deemed radical extremists. Radical. Speaking of radical extremists, the battle for the heart and soul of the Republican Party is uh, in full swing. Jenna Ellis is one of President Trump's former election lawyers. She announced she's quitting the GOP. She was on Real America's Voice, and she blasted the GOP for doing little to defend the former commander-in-chief. I'm working from a piece here by uh, Jack Phillips in the Epic Times. And she's right. These Republicans, these, you know, capital R Republicans are they claim to be keeping Democrats in check, but only a handful of these people are actually speaking up. The rest are compromising on everything. The infrastructure bill, uh, the second impeachment hoax, where Mitch McConnell, the GOP Senate leader, then Senate leader, Mitch McConnell, actually stood up and ranted against President Trump. And he did it for his own political gain. McConnell's political gain. He, was, he didn't care about the truth. These are the Republicans who need to go. So Jenna Ellis stepped down. She said not enough Republicans came to President Trump's aid when he needed it. And uh, let's face it, a lot of the party wanted to see him go, unfortunately. But he didn't go. He's not gone. He's, by, he's not by a long shot. 
Donald Trump is still with us. Will he run again in 24? Well, some people think he will. Some say it's uh, he's had his shot. He served one term, and he's too much of a lightning rod. They're pointing to uh, DeSantis or some of the un- other young guns. E- either way, I'm looking forward to 2024. What else happened? One, f- one final uh, thing here regarding COVID I didn't get to. The FDA has uh, added yet another warning about this neurological disorder linked to Johnson & Johnson's uh, COVID-19 vaccine. It's the one shot. So the FDA back on July 12th, said it will add a warning label to J&J's COVID-19 vaccine that it is linked to a rare neurological disorder known as uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome, GBS, while J&J confirmed it is in discussions with federal agencies. Now, again, these are uh, extremely low numbers. It, most people who I know, a lot of people have gotten the J&J, and they're fine with it. My brother, one of my brothers got the J&J. I guess two of my brothers. And no side effects. They're fine. They're younger than I am. Most people are. And uh, so I don't, uh, you know, as far as the vaccines go, I think they're still experimental. And the FDA has not yet approved them. The, the, normally, the process for approving a, a, a vaccine of this sort will be anywhere from 10 to 15 years on average. Not one year like it's been with ease. I, I understand why the, the vaccines had to be expedited because of the virus and 607,000 people have, have died from COVID. But the FDA has yet to officially uh, give its seal of approval to these vaccines. And when they do, when it does, maybe I'll consider, as I've said, maybe I'll consider getting the vaccine. I mean, I think nobody's putting a gun to our heads to get the vaccine. I I am not vaccinated. None of my family members are. But my daughter's entering SUNY Albany in the fall, or she hopes to. And she can't unless she's fully vaccinated. So she hasn't been vaccinated yet, and she's five weeks away from starting. So, I mean, we have to get, a, you know, get on the stick here pretty soon. So they're not holding a gun to your head, but they are. you can feel the, the, the walls kind of closing in. Do you? Or is it just me? I kind of feel that way. They, they're really putting the, the pressure to you to get this vaccine. So we'll see. I, there's so much here I didn't get to. We'll have to do it again uh, soon. Thanks for tuning us in again. This is the Pac-Man Podcast. I'm Ted Flint. Tell your friends about it. You, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. I, I put my stuff up on there and share it on Instagram. And, uh, you know, tell people. Word of mouth is the best way. This is, let's let's face it, I think this is the future of radio because there is nothing locally to listen to in the way of talk radio. It's dead. Everything's uh, syndicated. Two talk stations. And there's nothing really locally for me to listen to. I, I, I just can't listen to any of it. So I think podcasting is the way to go. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. Uh, we're on a number of different uh, platforms. So seek them out. And, uh, and thank you for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.